You can get ad-free episodes of the Forest School podcast as well as bonus episodes and exclusive access to upcoming guests to ask them questions before anybody else finds out about it simply by visiting patreon.com forward slash children of the forest. And I'm Lewis. This is the Forest School Podcast. Let's go! Slot in to my old man chair. Three, two, one, one, bam. Right. Oh, hi. Hi. We're in the woods. We are. You're under shelter, but I've now moved and I'm not under shelter. It's not raining, though, for a change, so that's all right. It's going to be 17 degrees later. What? Yeah. I don't believe it. The weather doesn't bear true at the moment. It's no, just like, it's just, pick, just pick it, just pick something out of midair. Very changeable. Yeah. Um, I, th- I saw a thing the other day that was like, oh, if you think that the weather today will be like it was yesterday, you'll be right mm. about 60% of the mm. time. Yeah. It's mostly unchanging. Yeah. Tristan Goody says that as well. Oh, does he? Mm. Uh, I have started reading uh, How to Read a Tree. Oh. Um, now that we've finished, I finished, listeners. I literally finished the book that we're talking about today, the Co-Regulation Handbook, yep. and I put it down and got another book. Yeah. I felt very nerdy. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely recommend listening to that on Audible while you are walking uh, okay. as well. Because I you can go, oh, yeah. You literally see what he's on about. He tells you a thing to look at a tree. Uh, and then you yeah, look at yeah. the tree and you're like, oh, my God. Of instantly course. true. Yes. Yes, so good. Yeah, so stay tuned. We're going to podcast about that, aren't we? Yeah. Um, when we're both done. Um, yes. I need to get going with that one, though. Yeah. Um, it's the, it's the day after the King's coronation here in the UK. Oh, yes. Do you feel different in your bones? Do I feel different? Do you feel different? Yeah, because I yeah. feel like it's good to have the patriarchy back yeah. with a bit more yeah. control. Yeah. Actually, I really... And now it's official. I, people can't see that I'm... Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean this at all. I don't mean this at all. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was interesting, wasn't it? It was kind of like... The most interesting thing is that somebody realised that one of the Latin songs sounded really rude and you showed that to me this morning and I now I've got that go, going round and round around my head. This, but there is a clip as uh, Camilla walks up and it yeah. just all of the choir going, I like vagina, Camilla. <laughs> Super earnest. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Very catchy. So now everyone's going to have that in their head all day. Yeah. It's great. Um, I was reading, so I've started a little list of mini topics. Yeah, Can most I, of them involve monkeys. Some of them involve monkeys. <laughs> because this is how I understand the world. I go, oh, children are tiny monkeys. We should just carry on. Yeah. Um, no, this one is slightly different. I'll read you the title of this one. Sure. Before we get into this book, which yeah. is going to take a while. Uh, Thinking versus perceiving. Brain differences suggest that children and adults use different strategies to understand social interactions. Okay. Which... It's interesting in knowing all that way of like, oh, mm-hmm. should you be using declarative language? Should you be mm-hmm. modelling it? Should you be saying like, we don't do that thing? Or should you be doing this thing? Um, so there's this thing that is like, uh, children understand the world as I understand this um, more through like understood rules and conventions mm-hmm. and adults understand it through experience. Mm. Which that is, makes sense. Makes sense. Yep. It's just kind of interesting to me, that, that but they're in different parts of the brain as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, at some point there must be a rewiring that goes, process this over here instead of processing it over here, mm-hmm. process it around this way. Mm. Which is, again, all that stuff that comes out about, like, teenage brains rewiring. Yeah. There must be a point where social stuff becomes weird and hard and confusing, and it might be that there's this rewiring yeah. moving around the brain. Mm-hmm. Kind of where do you read that then? Uh, I can't remember where the article was from now. Let me find it. It is Bangor University. Bangor? Oh, yeah. Bangor? 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 Yeah. In yeah. Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've just published it uh, end of last month, April, 20, April 2023. Cool. Has it got a title for the Yeah, that thing. is it. Thinking versus perceiving. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Brain differences. I might read that. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Uh, but that's... By the by, yeah, it's not what we're here to talk about. We're, we're talking talk about. about the Co-Regulation Handbook by Linda K. Murphy, and she also wrote the Declarative Language Handbook, which we have done a podcast episode about, and yeah. I would say is one of the most useful texts I have 
ever read I would say with working with children so if you haven't read that book or listened to that episode of the podcast definitely recommend that one as well um, and then you saw that this one had come out as well and we were like I think yeah. quickly, get it now yeah yeah so this is the co-regulation handbook yep. and hopefully the start of it it does re- reference declarative language quite a lot through it yep. and wisely I think just goes I've done a book about this I'm not going to rehash this yeah you know um, which is great. It's a very accessible, like looking at the overview of the book, the way um, Linda Murphy writes books, they're very accessible. They're not, yeah. they're just academic enough that I feel like they've got grounding, yeah. but they are not so academic that I'm going, well, this is just lost. I'm lost in numbers and this is all abstract. And like, yeah. you know, there's enough practical stuff and real world experiences in there. And often the, the mix of those two helps it hit home. You can talk about, yeah. like, hey, here's a thing in, <clears throat> in, in the abstract that you might notice learners doing. But then when they give you an example of, like, I went to a school and I saw a child doing this. Yeah, or oh. my own children did this. And, yeah. um, and so she is an SLP, a speech-language pathologist, and RDI consultant. She talks quite a lot about RDI yeah. in the book, which is a Relationship Development Intervention, which I feel like is probably an American kind of institution that hasn't really made its way over here. I've never heard of it right. anyway. But it sounds blooming cool. Like, I would yeah. love to find out more about that because um, she's sort of very clear that all of this, all of this thinking that she's doing has come out of that, community yeah. um, and it sounds really really interesting there's a whole like thing in America I follow a lot of SLPs in the states who say loads of really interesting things about yeah development about kids and about play um, and I've learned a lot from that community and I don't know again whether there's a similar thing going on in the UK but lots of stuff about neurodiversity and um, yeah just general child development which seems to be very much more kind of modern and on you know on the button for now as opposed to this is very old research you know and um, and I think also fits really well with the forest school ethos so if you want to find out more about that and about like yeah I mean it is about speech and language development but it seems to go a bit beyond that so I think speech and language is how you access relationships a lot of the time Mm. so if you haven't got one it's hard to put the parts in for the other yeah you know what I mean yeah Um, but I agree with you the way it's written it's she's very likeable as well she sort of strikes the balance really nicely between um i you know i've got some knowledge i'm going to share with you but i'm not going to be patronizing and i'm not going to judge you and you're doing really well and all of this kind of yeah Mm, it's good definitely yeah so broadly speaking (coughs) co-regulation um for people that have listened to you know 10 minutes of a podcast so far and gone the fuck Mm. you want about um is that idea that like if you in the moment don't have the skill set or availability to like regulate your own emotions that you can do that with another person um and it's like body doubling where you're sort of doing something alongside someone else and i think the the metaphor that i've heard recently that's resonating with me is like being a a thermostat not a thermometer so like not just replicating whatever's going on you are going like this is where we are this is you as the adult you as the and also i think what i find interesting about this book is it's not specifically talking about co-regulating only in times of crisis that's what i wanted to say because when i bought it i thought it was more of a de-escalation handbook Uh i thought it was about like regulating with somebody sit next to them okay breathe of crisis exactly that yeah and i read some reviews of it and um and that also came out in the reviews and someone suggested that it actually should be called the collaboration handbook Mm -hmm. rather than co-regulation because that's kind of the the meaning of co-regulation that we jump to when we first hear it i think is about like how to regulate someone when they are dysregulated yeah. whereas this isn't about that it's about practicing co-regulation all the time mm-hmm. um, in order to build skills resilience communication all of these things so it's about um joint focus and attention on the same thing isn't it yeah. that's what she means by co-regulation it's yeah. about two people's brains and focus being in tune on the same activity whether that is playing or shoveling snow for driveway is an example she uses a lot isn't it Um, and that that just working in um, tandem in tandem with somebody is like so much learning is happening there while Mm -hmm. that is going on that 
And it, the thing about this book is that lots of things she says are so obvious. Mm. But but so profound at the same time. You're like, oh my god, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And um she talks about self-regulation quite early on in the book and saying, um, so co-regulation is the kind of support for self-regulation, and self-regulation mm-hmm. is so huge that by the time we get to adulthood, most of us have kind of got self-regulation enough to be successful socially and you know. Yeah. And so therefore we can take it for granted and forget how difficult it is. Yeah. It's so hard in terms of managing yourself from all of physical needs, emotional needs, all of that kind of thing. Um, And that kids need their caregivers to help them to learn those skills. That's the fundamental basic. There's a thing at the back of the book. I'm going to massively jump now, but it's relevant, I think. Um, There's a bit at the back of the book where um, one of the phrases is like, She's sort of reviewing the book and going, hopefully you understand this and you understand this. And there's a checklist to see which bits. And you can say, I fully understand this. I don't understand Mm -hmm. this book. Um, And one of them is like, you should, hopefully you now feel confident in defending yourself if somebody says you shouldn't help them do that or they'll never learn to do it on their own. Yeah. Um, And like, yeah, Uh, Mm. you know, I think I've been on both sides of that coin where I have Mm. been like, no, if I help you, you won't work out how to do it. Mm. I have also been there where I'm going, no, because they need my help right now. Mm. Um, so I think there's something interesting about being mindful of when you're doing co-regulation and when you are um, like supporting independence. Mm-hmm. Because I would, I'd, even after reading this book, and I agree with everything in this book, but I do think there are times where there's like an acceptable challenge for some learners where you can go this isn't a co-regulation moment this is a if I give you five minutes you might crack how to do this on your own mm-hmm. um, but I think it's interesting I think there is that thing and so you're saying about self-regulation being this, the skill set and it's like quite often I don't think people engage with how you got to self-regulation yeah, exactly. it's implied that you should have just worked it out mm-hmm. you should just be alright with it by now mm-hmm. because you've been carrot and sticked into mm. behaviour in a certain way and you'll just get on with that rather than this book really highlights that way of thinking of it as like being able to regulate your emotions is a skill mm-hmm. I have that yeah. the child or young person that I'm with does not have that in the same way yet how can I gradually help to transfer the skills and knowledge I have to them Yeah, and I think before, I may, before this book I maybe would have thought that that is a bit of a like I can't teach that. I can't show someone. They've mm. they've either got to do it through experience or they work something out. But actually, now reading, having read this book, I feel a lot more like. And we were doing all this stuff anyway. Yeah. So like, it's not that I'm not doing those things. I said didn't I, this morning. I was like, this is just loads of stuff that we do, but really eloquently explained the theory behind it. And you're like, yeah. oh, I wouldn't have been able to voice and put my yeah put words to why I'm doing that particular thing or behaving yeah. that particular way. Maybe I can. If I, I was going to say, so there's there's three components that um, uh, she says are needed for it to be a co-regulation activity. Um, it needs to be like a competent role. So it has to be like achievable, has to be something they can do and also feel like masterful. Mm. Can I backtrack slightly yeah, and yeah. say that, you know, I was saying about um, someone said there should be a collaboration handbook. Yeah. So what you're just, there's a, precursor yeah, to what yeah, you're yeah. saying is that what this book often is is explaining how you can do activities with children yeah. and that might be something like putting the laundry away and it, she says that the perfect kind of activity is a thing that you are you as an adult are thinking ah oh, there's that job that needs doing it's not it's not urgent it's a job that I will get round to by myself when I have time yeah. and she says that is a great definition of a thing which you can involve a child in and it is about like a physical uh, you know thing a lot of yeah. the examples are physical things like yeah putting laundry away uh, cooking all of these kind of like day to day seemingly mundane tasks but with huge learning potential yeah. so rather than this as we said being about like oh there's this huge emotional moment and I'm going to use it to teach it's not yeah, about yeah. that it's about involving your children in seemingly small everyday activities but through that um, 
working in tandem with contingent roles that was yeah. a really great word I thought that like so you are doing a thing and the child is also doing a thing and it might yeah. be that you're and we'll go into more detail about yeah, yeah, that yeah there's but, some examples but yeah but yeah so go on it's, your list well, was like actually I want to I want to add to your precursor which was um, yeah they describe it as being jobs that you need to be done, get done at some point. But they also describe it as um, jobs with a fixed end point mm-hmm. or goal. Yeah. And there's a really good example where they talk about a child being passive in the play space. Um, I don't know if that yeah. jumped out to you. So the example yeah. there is like um, dad is like tickling the child or throwing them up and mum is nearby drumming and the child is like observing the drum and the child is like, being tickled um it's open-ended play and these parents they i think they're reviewing it in one of these sessions i think maybe mm-hmm. um and they're kind of like you know that was great play and all this stuff and and there we go but that's not co-regulation because the child is passive in this they are listening to the drums and they are being tickled they don't have a role yeah and also but it's so open-ended that there is no natural end to or like goal to complete or like mm-hmm thing that is like oh and we've done that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you know the tickling can just go on the drumming can just go on and quite often i was aware that um sort of play things like that they often end on a low because they end on like i'm tired now i'm gonna stop drumming i'm tired and they end on this dip whereas like if you're planning to do some co-regulation ending on that high is is super important ending on that like and we did it um yeah, although I would still say, like, she gives another example of play that is co-regulation with her two sons. Do you remember mm-hmm. the one where one of them's turning off the light? Oh, yeah. And the other one, and, like, so one of them turns off the light and there's, like, they sit in darkness and then there's a silence. And then the other one turns on the light really suddenly and then they both absolutely lose it laughing. And then yeah. they just repeat this cycle. So one of them turns on the light, the other one unexpectedly turns on the light and they're laughing laughing and so obviously that doesn't have an end point but it is co-regulation because their roles are contingent on the other their play doesn't continue unless the other person takes their turn does their role does their thing that makes the other one laugh and you could imagine so say you're like doing a job um, like chopping wood that struck me as an example that we do all the time it's like a thing you do together the roles are contingent on the other meaning that it just won't happen unless the other person is there doing the thing that is their job at that time um and you know and we st- we might not stop because and oh, we've done it we've got enough you might stop because oh my arms are aching now and isn't that a True. great example of showing like like pole bridging that example of speaking out loud your thoughts and feelings and emotions and bodily sensations so that that you're modeling what's I going on in your yeah. brain so again yeah. that is an example of self-regulation right so you are able to regulate yourself because you're able to interpret your body's signals that say that your arms are really tired um, or you're getting really bored and you're getting distracted and you feel like you might actually hit your thumb because you're thinking about something else now because you're getting bored or whatever whatever reason you want to stop or the child wants to stop and you you know and you can also say oh you look like your arms are getting tired my arms are tired and you can so that's a great yeah. teaching of self-regulation even there isn't it when the, the task yeah. Actually yeah, yeah, yeah. comes to an end, um, which is interesting. Anyway, what? So, Sorry. Yeah. So, the th- so yeah, let's go back to it then. So the the things are that the, they need a competent role, something they can do, has to be authentic, like it has to be an actual needed task in the world, in the household, in the forest school setting. Can't be like, shall we move all the blocks from one basket to another? Mm. You might do that yeah. with a very young child, but yeah. as they get older, <clears throat> and then contingent, like you were saying needs to be either both doing the same thing or like it, it can't keep going if one of you yeah. stops which is um i think really interesting um they were talking about uh, shortly after that um there's an example which i think might have been you and i've been both been reading this for a couple of weeks and you kept coming in and going oh have you read this i know we shouldn't talk about it but have you read yeah. that so i think this might be the story that we both one like oh which is the uh, child that's co-regulating through talking yeah asking um, questions asking questions so the example is like there's a child and they're doing something that means that the in the classroom that means that like while they're doing work another member of staff is like putting down the blinds or it's, doing I think it's a drill oh, for I think really sadly because it is in America it sounds to me like it's a drill for um, like an intruder yeah, yeah okay. situation but they're trying to like 
run this through with children in a really calm way, aren't they? So, like, yeah. we're going to carry on our work while another teacher, yeah, draws the blind, turns the lights off, locks the door, like, yeah. oh, it makes me just... Yeah, and yeah. so while they're doing that, this this child... this So Linda is in, in the classroom observing this yeah. um, and so can't take an active role, uh, but it needs to, you know, record what's happening. It says this child is there and they just start asking... It's like questions about the teacher's home life, like, yeah. what are you having for dinner, yeah. miss? Oh, do you... Uh, you know, what colour is your car? Can you do the thing? Mm. And the teacher is seeing this as, like, distracting behaviour, off-topic task, doing whatever... Um, and Linda is there saying, this is a person who is basically going, I'm unsafe and I'm unsure and I'm reaching out for some normalcy via conversation, via like, will you some just connection. go through the motion of chatting with me? I know how chatting works and chatting makes me feel safe, so can we just chat? Mm. But the teacher is not getting that message the teacher no, is getting. Not, the teacher is not understanding the anxiety behind those questions. Because yeah, they're they just seem hearing so... like, don't ask about my thing. You know, yeah. like, you're just trying to not do the work. Yeah. You're trying to not do the thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it is heartbreaking reading yeah. that story. Yeah. Um, and so applicable to mm. people I've we've worked with yeah. we're like yeah and I know that's thankfully I think you and I've had the awareness for a while yeah. that like yep that's what that person that, will ask you or that signals if, anxiety if it this person starts talking on. about that yeah you, you absolutely go with it and yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. but that is but, I think a benefit that we have doing forest school is that we are foot and and like fully autonomous forest school yeah you know we're not here going like uh, actually we're doing coronation activities today yeah. like if someone turns up and they in the middle of the day go not in these words but they go I really need to talk to you about the numbers on my Pokemon cards Yeah, we are in the position to be able to go yep and yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what we're going to do yeah um, to, she um I was just trying to find it in the book to use her exact words, which I can't find right now. But uh, she was saying that, you know, if she was the member of staff or she could speak to the member of staff, like what she would encourage them to do is to say is to respond, but then to go, I'm so pleased that you're really interested in my life and that you really want to know these things. This is really cool. I'm just wondering, though, whether you're feeling a little bit anxious about something so that rather than just going along with it, it's kind of helping them with their interoception, with their yeah. awareness of what's going on inside themselves. And obviously, if they don't, if they go, no, then yeah, you're not going to push it. You're not yeah, going to do yeah. therapy like there and then. But to respond to it on both levels, because uh -huh. you have got the skills and experience to go, I wonder, though, how are you feeling right now? Is there something I can help you with? Are you worried about the blinds going down? Are you worried that it's dark? Oh, it's getting dark because, you know, yeah. actually trying to see past the surface level behaviour and communication to help them with the deeper need. Um, yeah. And help, yeah and again that's that thing isn't it of like you have the skills and self-regulation you have yeah. the ability to go oh I'm doing this oh that normally makes, means I'm feeling this way yeah and you're just transferring that skill through like pole bridging yeah um, and and helping someone hopefully build that connection between their own yeah behaviour and emotions because yeah. that is actually something that I don't think many of us go are we encouraging learners to connect their behaviours to their emotions? We connect their, the, the, you know, the go-to is like connecting their behaviour with the results, the behaviour with yeah. the sanction, the behaviour with the reward, which yeah. is like not, not super helpful in understanding like, okay, but before that behaviour, there might have been something. Anyway, mm. anyway, cycling. And there was a bit that jumped out to me, which was really hit me right where I am with my children, which is where uh, she says, when children learn to communicate, there's a long period of time where the only communication they do is protest and request. Yes. Oh, very good at my that life at is just protests and requests yeah. at home. Yeah. And like having put it in those two frameworks, I'm mm. like, cool. And my, uh, my older son is now moving towards things where he can have <clears> memories that we should. Do you remember going here? I'm like, yeah. oh, we're talking about a yeah. thing. We're not talking about like you haven't got something you want or you're like we're yeah. talking about an abstract concept and they talk then quite a lot about how these co-regulation activities mm -hmm. can be really useful because you're then sharing a, a, a mind space but you know your thoughts are both in that memory yeah and that how useful that is as a communication tool as opposed to just 
direct protest Yeah, do request. you remember that time that we did that thing? Or we went to, the, she gives another example of uh, being in the supermarket and one person has the pushes the trolley and one person um, gets the things and puts them in the trolley or whatever. Yeah. And so therefore you've shared that experience. So it enables uh, future communication opportunities because you can go, okay, well, next time we go, what will we get? Or do you remember when we did this? We forgot to get this. Or, you know, all those yeah, kind yeah. of, and also offers... Um, kids she says about how some kids find it really really hard to begin a social interaction with a group of other children yeah. um and that the more activities you are involving them in in this very small very home-based or like life the family life-based yeah, yeah, yeah. way the more you're giving them an active role in it a role which they can be competent at so i think we need to come back to that in a minute because that's yeah. kind of massive um that you are also enabling them that, that you know they hear two kids talking about yeah shoveling snow and they go I did that. I helped my dad do that. And so you've given them some memories and some yeah. experiences to be able to then talk about with their peers because they're so everyday. Um, yeah, that thing about it being a competent role. So this is, you said about like uh, near the beginning, some jobs you just want, oh no, you'll never learn to do that if I help you, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then, so she breaks it down and says, um, so you're going to look at the task like putting the laundry away. And this really hit home for me because my kids are a bit older and often their rooms get tr completely trashed. And oh, yeah. and I can also remember this being a kid myself and my my parents going like tidy your room, and we just go oh I just don't know where to start like just absolutely that phrase, tidy your room like, as if it's one action yeah as if it's like just do tidying. I know. Just do tidying. exactly it's too massive. So she talks about uh, starting doing some yeah co-regulation where it's like okay well we've got this laundry basket um you the child you can pass me the piece of clothing and i can put it in the drawer and you can and because you kind of yeah. you have to judge your child's level of competency are they able to take a thing one at a time out of a basket and hand it to you and if they are confidently then that is a competent role that they can do but that beyond that you then need to assess she talks about Vygotsky I was like yes, yes so the edge of competence edge and, of com and the, the, band, the edge of competency yeah, um, so being uh, you know so it's experiencing mastery so obviously that's also giving the child loads of self-confidence they're yeah. like I have mastered this thing and that, then you can go okay now they're getting a little bit bored because it's too easy for them so now oh well, we could switch roles if you want to and you can put the thing away or that, the next little increment of uh, yeah competence I guess yeah. um, building slight executive function as yeah, you go massively that's it like, it's like incremental executive function uh, rather than just yeah. jump in two-footed yeah. why haven't you done it exactly and they talk quite a lot about um one of the examples i think is you'll know you've got it wrong if you're saying now do this yes. now do this now do this Absolutely. now do this She's that's like, a sign if that you've got it wrong i know and also checklists because again that's the thing that's happened in our house it's like okay getting ready for school at the moment we have been at the place of like have you done this have you have you brushed your teeth have you put your socks on can you yeah. put your socks on? and so then we were like okay we're prompting loads let's use a checklist but if you have to still prompt the to child the to checklist. then you're still yeah. prompting whereas if you can break each task down into like we're going to do this together our roles are contingent this is a thing you can competently do but you can't quite manage this so i'm going to help you with this that actually from that standpoint of like oh they'll never learn to do it if they don't do it themselves actually they will never learn to do it if you keep prompting them yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and it but but doing it with them in small steps is very different to doing it for them. And I think yeah. that is, yeah. And that a lot of the time, again, um, you know, the system rewards children, the bigger education mm -hmm. system yeah, yeah, yeah. rewards children for do this, next do this, next do this. Have you done the thing? Next do the thing, then you're finished. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is the... It's because they're the easiest to teach. Yeah. That's the easiest way to teach of course. 30 children and at one once adult. is yeah. to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, if you can follow a checklist... Yeah. Fucking a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Here is the lesson plan. Do these things in this order. Yeah. And I I've will, written it in yeah, bullet points you. at the top of yeah. the handout. So go back to the handout. We've done yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. 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 So it's like overwhelm on one end of the spectrum, boredom on the other. And you've got to find that sweet spot in between. And it also talks about how through that mastery of those like home and life experiences, they will naturally seek out their own challenges when it becomes... Uh, when it falls lower than their ZPD mm -hmm. so that they will start to then go like, oh, I bet I could do this bit without you or I bet I could, yeah. can you just point and I'll get it or can you yeah. just, you know, they start to like self find that ZPD themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Thanks to everybody that's rating and reviewing the podcast on Spotify and on iTunes. It really helps to get the podcast in front of more people and helps us spread the word about the amazing thing that is Forest School. Which is I just, super. I just think that whole thing, like that, is like for me one of the main messages of this book and really struck me in both like home and work life so well I was halfway through reading it and then a friend and I were planning a, a walking route along the southwest coast path which we're taking our sons together their friends. oh yeah yeah and uh, and we were planning it all and going like which bit of the coast path are we going to do it was hu- like starting from a huge wide angle lens of like where are we going to go which even county we're going to go into like the minutiae of how we're going to get there yeah what's the bus route what's the bus route yeah, where's yeah. the campsite la 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 and uh, and they were doing it because they want to do it. Like they're like, oh, we'd love to do that. And uh, halfway through our planning, my friend was like, oh, do you know what? The boys are just playing. Like we should be involving them in this. Like they should be helping to plan. It's their walk. La, la. And because I was reading this book, I was able to go. No, it's actually too massive at this point. Like they, like I was finding it hard to self-regulate through this whole process. I kept laughing. I kept zoning out. I'm going, sorry, what? I wasn't listening to you when you were talking about the logistics of like, we can dr- drive to the thing, drop the stuff, drive to the next place, pick up the thing. I was just like, what? can you just say that again? I need to draw myself a diagram. Sorry, I was thinking about something else. Oh my God, I need to walk around. Like all this stuff. I was like, this is too massive and challenging to get them anywhere near it. Like yeah. when it comes to it, Closer to the time, one of them can hold the map while the other one looks for where we are. Like, it is that, like, break it down into a way that they can feel competent. Because she also talks about so many, so many of us, including children, don't attempt something through fear of failure. Because, Mm -hmm. and so if you tell a kid to do something that they're not competent at, then they try once and go, oh, I completely failed therefore never ever want to try anything again so even though it seems really babyish and it seems like you know talking about like working with your 13 year old to help you put away laundry or whatever and you're like oh my god that's going to seem so lame but you've got to start somewhere you've got to start in a way that makes them feel like i got this i can do this thing you know and that can't be overestimated they do talk about um in this book uh uh distractions being present uh, and yes. limiting and controlling distractions. And the yeah. example they quite often give is like the you know your phone, yeah. where your phone needs to be away. But they also talk about um, with younger learners that might be that like a toy is too distracting. You need to put it. So there's some things they talk about that you can control if you're thinking. Oh, did you get to this bit? Yeah. So they're talking about um, what you can control when you're setting up or thinking of going. This will be a co-regulation thing. And they think they talk about your space. So like the physical space you are in. Is this a job that needs to be done in the garden? Is it a job that needs to be done in the bedroom? Is it, you know, in in whatever thing? Um, Physical proximity, which I think is massive and also one that people find the most challenging because being, like, physically... You know, that thing about being, like, touched out by young children that want to climb over you all the time or do whatever and that they're talking about you can actually think about with this activity, do you need to be next to each other or are you better off and say, you know, further apart? Is that laundry job done? Is your child more comfortable if the laundry basket's on one side of the room and the things on the, the drawers are on the other side and you're actually throwing the laundry to each mm. other because physically that makes them more comfortable? Or yeah. do they need you next to them so they can almost be touching you so that they can go, yep, and I'm just moving it only a foot. That's all yeah. I'm doing. They I'm give the example foot. of maths homework where it's like a yes. completely new theory. You have to be sitting right next to them. Or in some cases, the child is sitting on your lap, scrunching yeah. their body into your body. But then when they've got the hang of it, you can maybe, like at a kind of elastic band, kind of walk a little bit further away and just keep coming back to check in with them. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really nice. And sometimes kids will give you the signal that they don't want you to go. And you're like, I kind of need to go do the other thing, like especially at forest school. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, no, like I do need, you know, I need to yeah. make sure that I'm in a position where I can be really next to you if I feel like you're going to be anxious about this thing or it's going to be right on the edge of your competence. Yeah. I need to make sure that I can be really physically near you all the time. Yeah. Um, they talk about materials in that if there are too many parts, either physically present, like too many objects, or just too many if it's like there's some cloths and some plastic pieces and some liquid and some and like you know that thing it made me think about um setting up any sort of like kids science kit yeah where you're like okay i'm gonna get it all out just sit on your hands all right just no. sit and they're like i want to touch that thing and i want to mix that with that and i want to do that with and that. so and like, relevant for setting up activities oh, yeah. at forest school isn't it all this like i just think it's the absolute basic 
fundamentals of you know yeah. when you like set up an activity especially if it's a group maybe you don't know that well or you've like plonked into a school field whatever and you've decided yeah. to bring some stuff and you're like, why didn't that go well like why and it's yeah often because of this you've, yeah you've just too got many too things. many different things or there's too many steps to the it's thing it's like getting or, out a big craft box which yeah. has got ribbon and yarn mm. and tape and stickers and and like actually just overwhelming far better far more success comes from you know we've got holly and ribbon and we're going to try and make the, you um, know, like that I wish I'd read that yeah five six years ago because I was just like bring all the things in case they want to use yeah. the things and that's it isn't it you get stuck not you get stuck it's quite often a, an easy place to go with forest school to be like we just need all the resources out all the time because that will that's then ooh, punch my microphone that's then free choice so passionate <laughs> <laughs> it's very close to my face uh, and I'm, I'm they, well not on that it. list there's also uh, can like, I keep, I yeah go going? on so there's decision making mm-hmm. the amount of decision making you have to do mm-hmm. which is like again that links to materials are you choosing from 100 materials mm-hmm. are you choosing from two but equally are you I punched it again um, are you you know having to decide where to sit and what colour it is and what animal to do and what to, the, mm. get it out it's like low arousal stuff yes um Language. You talking. Huh? Yeah, yeah, go on. Me talking? No, no, just carry on. Language is like, uh, is in there as a thing you have control over. Like how much language you use and also what level of language. And they talk quite a lot about mimicking the language that you get back. So uh, with younger children, that might just be like, my go, up, Mm. your go, up, Mm -hmm. my go. Or, Or with older children, that might be like, or more more verbal people because it's not linked to age I shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that um, you know that might be more complete sentences or that might even then spiral into can your child or can the person you're working with do this co-regulation activity and talk about a memory yeah. or is that too much uh, that and really like, struck a chord with me because I was like completely guilty of this so it's, it talks about you as the person kind of with the more experience and kind of in more control of the situation yeah. are you genuinely focused on what you're doing and keeping language appropriate and at the right level or are you while you're doing it reminiscing out loud about something completely unrelated or thinking about what you're going to do later or just try and I was like oh my god (laughs) yeah I was like that is me with my daughter especially all the time because I think it's because you feel comfortable and that's when you go and that's where you go yeah or like slightly bored that's the thing it's like when it's like so controlling self-regulation right it is a self-regulation issue for me (laughs) and some other adults perhaps um, that the kid is on the edge of their competence you are like way past the edge of your competence. So in order to make it more interesting and also a desire for genuine connection of like, I'm not just like waffling on loads of rubbish. (laughs) I am kind of trying to invite them to have a conversation with me about something abstract or something that they're doing later or those kind of things. And sometimes that is completely fine. Like, you know, there's definitely times at forest school where, you know, yeah, you're chopping wood with a learner or putting up a shelter or whatever. And because they are... Yeah, competent at that thing and they're not and they're chilled that you can use that as a really lovely opportunity for connection about what are you doing later especially if it's like initiated by them or whatever but I'm definitely guilty of kind of going I'm going to just add an extra layer of interest in this activity maybe because I need a bit of stimulation and I want to find out a bit more about you and communicate with you so let's like yeah have a chat about something and it's like no just keep it simple just keep it simple keep it simple stupid take some breaths and don't talk about what you're having for tea or whatever yeah um but there's, I really oh, there's loved... one more. Can I tell yes, you the yes, last please. thing that they say that yeah. you can control is the number of people involved, yes. which as I read it, I went, well, yeah, if I was the only one in charge of mm. that, but I'm not, I'm in charge of like, you know, there's the broader spectrum of uh, the broader kind of considerations of like, if you're in a school, how many people have been given to you to take part in the activity? Mm-hmm. There's also the thing of like, how many people can you safely do a thing with? Mm. But then there's also the like peer-to-peer social thing yeah. of like, you, we've all been there where you watch a group of people and you go, you are way better as a two. Mm. But for some reason, you really have a need for this third or fourth person to be mm. in the group right now. And it's so challenging for you. And you can't mm. step in and be like, 
Sorry, it's only two. I, I, I can't. I can't with everything else that I believe. I can't step in and be like, mm. it's only groups of two for this. Yeah. Like everything, even when we do silly games, like we do musical statues or where we go like, oh, you shout the number, get into groups of... And then we always end up going groups of four-ish, like between yeah. two and eight. Yeah. <laughs> like we, just, we just don't have it in us yeah. at this point to be like, it's two, yeah. it's, it's three. Like, yeah. So controlling the number of people, I get it because mm. that is definitely a consideration for like lots of people if you're like you know we've got some people that all will ask me to come and cut wood with them mm. and I can see as soon as another person turns up and says oh can I cut mm. wood too the first person that I'm with shrinks mm. imperceptibly almost imperceptibly yeah. um, but enough that I go I've got to think of a legitimate reason that it's just the two of us for now yeah. I can't just go well because Jimmy Jones doesn't like being with lots of people right now. Mm. Like, you've got to go, oh, I'm really enjoying doing this with just two, just me and this person. Can yeah. I give you a shout in a bit when we yeah. can do that? And like, yeah. So the number of people, I think, to me, felt the most out of my control Yeah. from that list. Yeah. Because also co-regulation activities look fun. Yeah. If you're at home, you're limited by the number of people in your family. If you're mm. work trying to, do some co-regulation stuff in a setting yeah it's very likely that extra people will come up or mm. people will be pulled away you've just made me think though that this um there are a lot of forest school practitioners who are working one-to-one yeah, out there true. you know lots and lots of people doing that and um if i would say this book is absolutely the most useful for oh, people who are working incredible. in that setting um this, I is think- how I, this is how if i was going to do like a one-to-one day with someone yeah I would just do co-regulation yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. start to finish. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's another lens of to look at activities at Forest School through, isn't sure. it? That you would go, you wouldn't necessarily look, if you didn't know that phrase and you hadn't read this book and understand this sort of outlook, you would go, okay, well, chop some wood and then we'll get the fire going and then we'll do this. And actually, without realising, you are doing all these activities and it's not, the point of doing them is not so that you can cook the food. The point of yeah. doing them is the doing them, is all the stuff that happens along the way while you're doing it together. Um, well, and that's like you and I developed that thing of just being able to shout the word process at each yeah, other. Yeah, when yeah. you walk past and seeing something, or like you walk past and I'm looking at like some knot work and going, this is not going to hold up. Of yeah. Being able to go, process, oh, I got it, yeah. Exactly that, exactly it's, that. You, the, the point is you are working with a child on a thing and the point is not to go, no, you're doing that wrong. No, yeah, you're doing yeah. that wrong. It's just to do it. And then we'll take it all apart yeah. afterwards. Or conversations, like, yeah, conversations. Yeah. We go, oh, I'd like to do some cooking later. Okay, when do you need the fire? And when can we just play yeah. with fire lighting? Yeah, because yeah, they're yeah, different. Yeah, like, yeah. what time do you want me to actually get the fire on? Yeah. yeah. Because that's different to when shall I get the yeah. kids to start doing yeah, fire yeah, lighting. Yeah. Rewinding slightly about, like, talking while you're doing things. Sure. I've just remembered the example that she gives, um, which is a really lovely thing, which we did an activity a little bit like this but set it up in a slightly different way to the way that she set it up so do you remember we got big rolls of paper and put it out on a bench and made loads of mud paint and put loads of brushes Mm. and we I think we phrased it as like because it was like school photo time and it's like all the classes at schools are having their like class photos taken at the moment we're not going to do that our forest school equivalent might be on this big roll of paper if anyone wants to like paint themselves or something that represents them or do their name or whatever on here and then we'll have this big roll of paper and we'll all be represented it'll be like our forest school class portrait type thing Um, and she sets up a similar activity with two children and uh, she invites them to make a mural together and so when they take it in turns uh, so one of them like draws a pavement and then the other person draws some people walking on the pavement and then you know they take it in turns to add things and she describes what an amazing opportunity that is to spark conversation and connection between the two of them in a Mm -hmm. really meaningful way so one of them yeah draws a person and goes this can be your grandma and the other child goes oh what about your grandpa and then the first child goes oh they died a year ago oh i'm sorry to hear that and they'd start having this really meaningful connection where they find out about each other's lives through that kind of joint activity um so i just want to add that in in terms of like because otherwise you might get the impression that this is about just keeping the language really focused on the task at hand and that kind of thing and she's not necessarily saying that it's just about yeah you as the adult and what you're doing um there's amazing i I, i've got a bit about scaffolding in this book and i thought again this is like the absolute like teacher training or adult working with kids like bible what like this is just read this just read the thing about 
about scaffolding about so it's you know it's all the basic stuff like you know waiting longer using a guiding declarative statement uh, modeling creating a partnership adding a gesture using declarative language to help the child read the context break down the role into smaller pieces it's all that stuff that you might learn if you're doing if you've you know done your teacher training about like how to set up a task and things like that but just to have a refresher on that and go yeah just (sighs) yeah process not product The, the experience of doing it rather than what you end up with um was really really good Never go back to mundane marshmallows ever again. Forest School Cooking, the cookbook, covers everything from how to build and use different types of outdoor ovens, stoves and equipment right through to a range of different meals to keep anyone full and ready for the next adventure. Get your copy today on Amazon. Yeah, I'd like to, if I can, so I feel like we've talked quite a lot about, so we've talked about the things you can control. Um, There's a bit where they talk about in this book the four different types broadly of co-regulation activities yeah um so they are and i'll go through them really fast and then we'll pick them apart so they are assembly line complementary com- parallel yeah. and uh reciprocal uh so assembly line i think is the one that jumps is has been in a lot of the examples we've talked about that like left to right one side to the other forwards but you know a moving object from me to you then it goes to place or you know tidying up the example of like you know do that then it goes to there that's like i think i don't think there's anyone that's ever worked with children who hasn't done an assembly line co-regulation activity that's par for the course um when they talk about like complementary things that's slightly more what did you uh, um complementary so one role complements yeah. the other so you're yeah. not actually doing the same thing but like one like sweeping one of you holds the dustpan and yeah. the other person sweeps the dust into the pan so yeah. the two roles complement each other and you could easily swap those roles depending on the competency yeah. but you need those but they two work things to get yeah. together they yeah. make one thing yep. um there's parallel where you're both doing the same thing and then i would say we see that quite often uh peer to peer that mm-hmm. parallel play, that parallel co-regulation yep. thing of like, we're both getting pine cones, we're both putting them in the pot, we're both getting yep. leaves, we're both putting them in the pot. Or so, I need you to hold the other end of this bench so we can move it. We are both carrying the bench to yeah. the thing. Yeah. If one of us stops, it won't happen anymore. We are, yeah. Doing those things. Yes. Um, and then reciprocal, which is like, they just talk about like a ball yeah. being thrown backwards and forwards. That is... Yeah. Or the, I guess the example of the light being turned on and off. It's yeah. just bonk, a donk, bonk, yeah. a donk, going backwards or and Or the forwards. drawing game, you draw something, I draw something, yeah. you know. all those things. Um, it was nice having those examples there mm-hmm. um, to think about if you've got a task that needs doing, which of these four uh, ways of co-regulating is most appropriate for that? Because some of them are not appropriate for, you know, reciprocal stuff. Um, and then also there's a bit towards the end where they talk about not always getting to the end mm-hmm. um, where they, again, this kind of links back to the start about things not necessarily being open-ended but having a goal that needs to be completed and saying that actually we deprive learners from a lot of good experiences by if we make everything fit inside the time frame. If it always, there's yeah. no cliffhangers, yeah. it always gets on the thing. And they talk about how great learners actually are, whether it's taking a photo of the board game so you can set it up in the same way, or whether it's making a list of where everybody, what everyone had so you can come back to those things. And like, in terms of building executive function, mm. that is massive Huge. and like incredible. Yeah. And I, um, for as much as we like run our home ed, project as as two days with the idea that people can come it has that break in yeah. in one day to the next and it also has that break week to week for people yeah. that come week to week and yeah that they, they are everyone is always way more competent than i expect them to be in terms of like we can put it here and we can do this and we'll get it out and we'll do that next week oh okay we'll save this and this stays here and like it's a huge part of executive function to understand and she uh, gives a really good breakdown of it in the book which i can't find right now but um about 
part, a huge part of executive function is an under, a concept of time and yeah. your ability to do things in a certain amount of time and the materials you'll need to complete a project. And so this was really relevant to Forest School as well. I was thinking about, you're absolutely right, I thought about all those times where you go, okay, well, actually, this is a bigger job. We've realised, we are realising together, we are learning together that this is a bigger job than we thought. What can we do to make sure we can do it next time? And we did, you know, I did that with a child literally last week, they were making a puppet and just understanding, like, oh, it's taken us ages just to cut the feet. Like, yeah. Now we're going to put them in a little paper parcel and put them in the cabin and we can get them out next time. Um, but yeah, to to realise that, you know, do you know those learners who are like, I want to make an incredible castle. I want to make a go-kart I'm from make, start I'm to finish. I'm making a suit of wooden armour. I am making, you know. And All those things. I think a lot yeah. of the time we get it at Forest School because um, learners do have so little time, mostly, in their everyday life to completely take on a project that is... Um, self whatever the word is yeah, yeah, self-directed self-chosen. exactly um, and that, you go, that you're going to go yeah sure and yeah. yeah we've got all these materials we've got loads of loose parts all that kind of thing so it's so exciting for some learners that they get that opportunity that they're like right I'm going to you know shoot for the moon like mm. I'm going to build this incredible thing and then to try to help them with that concept of like actually let's break this down into smaller jobs I think is a huge part of learning at Forest School I really do I think it's to have the opportunity to do those huge things those open-ended self-directed things on the one hand but to learn through that process about what time is realistically in your own abilities is also just a huge thing that happens which is sometimes really tricky to deal with oh, for some yeah. you know and that's where a lot of emotions come up and that if you have not been doing forest school very long you might see a learner struggling with this and think oh god i've really failed them there or they've had a really bad session and once you've been doing it longer or you have a longer relationship with that child you're like actually this is really good <laughs> like it's a long term it's hard process. for them and i yeah. can be there for them through this really hard emotional time where they realize that it's frustrating and they feel disappointed in themselves but oh my god like how massive i also think it's a slightly symptomatic perhaps and I'm not, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here but you know we were talking about that thing of like oh, if you do it for them mm. they, they won't learn to do it um and i think there's something about like if your daily life or home life or school life or whatever it is is being so micromanaged that you are always kept inside the achievable box yeah. you probably develop a feeling and i remember having this feeling at school of being like God, if you would just let me go, mm. I could do more than this. But y- it, you're restricting me because mm. you won't let me do this in the yeah. lesson or you won't let me get these resources out. And so um, then, but uh, and it, it's coming from a good place. When people are setting up those activities, they're setting it up and going, I know what's achievable, so I mm. won't get this out. Or I know, But they're possibly not involving learners in that process to go, okay... Are, are your learners developing a sense of what's possible within a time frame? Well, yeah. And so they, then they come here yeah. or they come out to a forest school or an open-ended setting, whatever it is, and it's almost like, right, yeah. watch what I can do. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. this is hard. Yeah. yeah um, completely. But it comes from that burning desire, I yeah. think, of like, I have been restricted yeah. by people who are in the with the mm. best will in the world trying to... Yeah, well, it's Give about me the executive function. Yeah, or then, to get a desired outcome. Yeah. You know, yeah. We don't have time for you to actually go off on your tangent of imagination in terms of whatever we're making today or doing yeah. because I need everybody to have completed this step. I need everyone to have this piece of work to show. Yeah, um, it's a nightmare to mark if you will go off exactly, in 800 directions. Exactly. Um, yeah, they talk quite often, and this links. So um, towards the end, they are talking about. Um, uh, the capacity to lose that thing. Oh my god! This chapter on Woo-hoo! approaching competitive games. There we go. So I was slightly annoyed because <sighs> I have been somewhat working on a collection of non-competitive games as a little book yeah. pamphlet thing. Yeah. But I'm not going to do it now because this. Because oh, this you is still just should. You still should. Um, can I just read a? Can I read a quote yeah, from it? Please read a quote. Because okay, so we we did a we did a podcast episode as well didn't we about yep. big games and we also reached out to some people to ask so we were, had some learners who were how can I put it like they were sometimes losing in a game or uh, perceiving that they were losing yep 
and sometimes they could deal with that and sometimes they really couldn't and we were in this place it was probably no, probably like three years ago now wasn't it yeah. and we were in there we reached out to get lots of advice from other practitioners and people who worked with young people to go what you know what should our approach be if somebody really really sometimes can't handle losing because it wasn't always consistent was it yeah, like depending yeah. on the mood and obviously you don't know what's in somebody's head so you don't know if it's going to you know you can read all the clues but you don't know necessarily if it's going to be a day where this person can't because lose today a human yeah. um so does that mean we should never play any kind of game where anyone can ever be caught tagged perceived to have been slower than another person all of yeah, these yeah. things um because it's too, too awful yeah, they haven't got and that skill too yet. hard. Or does it mean that we should do more of these to widen the comfort zone, to make build someone... Build tolerance, to, build skills. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I don't think we necessarily came down to an answer, but we came up with a way of... Like with a practice. So again, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, the yeah. thing where this book is like, ah, oh, that's why we did... Like, and just the writer so eloquently puts it into words the approach which is yeah. as you place kids in situations that they can handle they will build resilience so that's what we're talking about but if we place them in situations where the loss is bigger than their current skill set it can crush them and prevent them from trying again we do not need to do this and i was like of course like that <laughs> that is it isn't it and again it comes down to that thing of like when people if they're training with us for example go well should you do this yes or no and our answer is always like depends it depends and the answer for this is like you get to know the the learners you build your relationship with them you get to know whether like is this crushing you we do not need to ever make you feel crushed like we need to be you know it's going back to that edge of competence thing so yes it's both it's like yes it's building resilience because and the writer goes into loads of examples about how you can play games which have lots of little losses and lots of little wins all the way through and examples of those so if you're kind of like games that have minor losses but they're like frequent so like tic-tac-toe or snap or those games where like the uh, they and then they contrast it with like war games where like this is and that's sometimes what happens uh when kids who that's why i feel um oh i nearly said i feel uncomfortable with war games and that's not what i mean when i say i feel uncomfortable with war games i feel uncomfortable with the uh the weight of a of a day being win lose, mm. and like that's what makes me un- I feel because I can see stuff building. To it, you know, half of this group is going to go home, we won, mm. and half of this group is going to go, we fought all day mm. and we lost. Mm. And so they talk about having those like little, you know, lots of little things and doing those things. Yeah. Actually, it, it really struck me that um, I don't know whether it's ever explicitly said, but it's kind of said through this thing of like I have said this I've also worked with lots of education people who've said this where uh, the go-to phrase is like oh so-and-so can't lose mm. they don't know how to lose they're a bad loser or they can't mm. lose they can't handle it um, and this chapter really made me unpick that and go well actually there's there's more nuance there and actually the phrase should be they can't do big losses mm. so and so can't do you know they can only you know and at the moment at the moment <laughs> they can't do big losses or at the moment they can't do because like you were saying in that example of like you see someone not handle losing well and so the the sort of like pathologizing of it goes to like losing big mm. subject is something they can't do and you're like no that's not what they can't do it's big losing or it's losing to certain people or it's losing in certain scenarios or it's losing because of certain things Mm. like because the rules were like this or because their body did like you've got to unpick that like can't lose Mm. into like can't lose here but can lose here but can't okay so you do some more of the things Mm. can lose and go these things we might work towards but like Applications to complete Level 3 Forest School Leader Training here with us at Children of the Forest are now open. Train with me and Lewis at our Woodland site in Devon. We'd love to meet you in person. Visit myforestschooltraining.co.uk to find out more. 
And there's loads of examples in there that we do like um, like kids versus grown ups. Yep. So, you know, because we are grown ups and we can handle losing and all, you know, Speak and yourself. it's like, ah, ha, ha, funny. But one thing that I haven't done before, and I thought that's an interesting approach, is that sometimes you'll get people that I always lose, I can never do it. Yep. And that, um, imperfect memory of like well you know this is how I'm feeling and so therefore this is that, how I've always felt this, yeah this is the, yeah. yeah and you know and uh, the writer talks about keeping a written record or a visual yeah. record of like times journal. yeah like yeah. journaling um, which I thought was really interesting and that could really support some learners that you could you know if there was a game that your learners at Forest School really enjoyed playing on a regular basis um, that you could keep a little kind of diary of the date and who won which game like for everybody you know yeah, just yeah. to like write this down and like oh you know so on those moments of complete overwhelm like oh yeah look at this you did win this time you did and it is you yeah. know and it could be that i mean journaling makes it sound like a massive thing but there could be a tally chart yeah, of tic-tac-toe yeah. games exactly that could yeah. just be that thing to be like oh yeah but yeah. You, yeah, you got four of these you yeah. i guess yeah. that also would help you perceive if you that they were doing 20 games of tic-tac-toe and they genuinely hadn't won any of them mm. that gives you information mm, yeah that and it gives everyone information about like mm. oh right are you enjoying this yeah, yeah because yeah. maybe this isn't the game yeah. to do and, and actually okay. that they will often spot inequality in that kind of way and yeah. go actually this game isn't accessible like the amount of times we've had learners who go oh actually hang on a minute we keep winning in this particular game we've made up which involves running or whatever yeah we keep winning and we've noticed that because we have the ability to have that overview of it. Um, therefore, we need to change the rules and say that actually if you're under five or you're under this height, actually you get two chances at tagging the yeah, person. Yeah. That the amount of times they will do that and level the playing field by changing the rules. And sometimes that's just to extend the play cycle, though. That's sometimes because the people who are losing have gone, well, I've had enough of this. And they start to lose. And so you start, and so the winning, the like dominant team starts mm. throwing the other team a bone yeah. in terms of going like, you can play because um, you get to get me and I, I yeah. freeze. Yeah. Or like, like please, please yeah. play. I will give you all these buffs. Yeah. I will give you all these like yeah. superpowers. Just, just play my play cycle. Yeah. But that is a leveling. It's still leveling. It's just, it's not yeah. necessarily coming from a like, same result. Yeah. Sometimes it comes from an empathy of like, I can see the other people are yeah. upset and I want this game to be fun for every time everyone. Yeah. Sometimes it comes from if I don't Yeah, the game will be over. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. The game will be over. Yeah, and that's still really good learning. Yeah. I've got some learners that keep asking me at the moment to play the same game and I'm just thinking about it now in terms of like edge of competence and and winning and that kind of thing. Where it's your standard sneak up on the treehouse game or sneak up on us. Yeah. You know, you're the baddie, we're the goodies. Um, I have no powers. Yeah. They have varying powers depending on what day of the week it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but always they have the power to yell freeze at me and then name how many seconds I have to freeze for. So I might creep up on them and yeah. they're like, we've seen her. She's there! Um, and I'll be like, ho oh, oh, ho, I'm coming to get you, whatever. Yeah. And there's like, <laughs> you could tell, there's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's playing. Edge at, of competency. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. And then when it all gets a bit much to be able to go, freeze for 100 seconds! And then they just run away. And whenever we play, I'm like, yep, sure, we can play that game. Yep, yep, yeah. of course, of course. And I never question it. And I never go, I want some but powers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And um, just viewing it through that, like, we just need to continue to play this on the edge. We are completely on the edge. And probably the amount of time I'm going to freeze for is probably going to get smaller, I'm going to imagine, as the edge moves a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Or I might get given some powers. Or, in fact, actually, last time it did, it's like, actually you don't actually have to catch us. All you have to do is touch the treehouse, actually. Like, they were making it easier uh, for me okay. because they could handle losing a little bit more because they wanted to experience what that felt like, yeah. you know. I didn't touch the treehouse and they were like, did you not touch the... You, didn't you realise you were allowed to just touch the treehouse and that would have meant you won? I, oh, no, I forgot. Ah, shucks! Oh, dear. So maybe next time I will. But, um, yeah. I just love getting a new lens to look at stuff that's already happening. Yeah. Just another little lens to look at things through. Is good, in yeah. it. What is a woodpecker on the bird feeder? Can you hear it? Tapping, tapping, tapping. Yeah. Tap it, tap it, tap it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Um, I think sometimes we talk about this book and like where it comes in a journey. Mm. I think this one's pretty early. And also, again, halfway through, and then again. <laughs> and then again. But I don't think this is inaccessible, is what oh, I mean. No. So I don't think... Because some stuff we read and we and we talk about in the podcast, and I'm like, this is inaccessible if you yeah, haven't yeah, been yeah. doing this for a while. Um, or this just isn't going to mean anything to you. But yeah. this, I think you could pair this and the declarative handbook, mm. and you could put them into a level three, or you could put oh, them into yeah. a level two even, yeah. and go, right, uh, mm. just... Yeah. digest some of this and see how it comes out in your practice probably again one of those books where you read it and then next week you and I are going to be like shit hot on it mm. six months down the line we'll go oh yeah some of this stuck yeah. and some of this has fallen by the wayside but the things that will stick I mean I just yeah I think it will genuinely help and, and also I think it is super helpful to have in your mind that there are regulation activities to be done outside of crisis point. And yes. I know we started the podcast there, but I, I, I sort of want to end it there as well of like, mm. you know, we all talk about, you know, wanting to do like behaviour support, not behaviour management, or, mm-hmm. you know, this is about setting people up rather than like, you know, the amount of people that I talk to who are upset that forest school is seen as an intervention Mm. but then they treat the behavior management as intervention inside the session they only interact or they only put stuff in place around intervention things it's like okay so if you don't want forest school to be an intervention thing Mm. don't make the session intervention based Mm. it's not about picking up stuff when it kicks off it's about going right from the moment and most people probably are doing stuff like this yeah just not necessarily having that lens or being conscious of it and it's another great thing to be able to like throw at senior leadership or yeah anything I else and be that. like this is what we're doing I this is why we're doing that. this thing i was like this works so well as you know you can just i just imagine like parachuting her into various schools that i know and just go just can you just lead some training for everybody in the school on just this yeah yeah lush um in the patreon one shall we talk about uh food or knives in our patreon episode after this ah yeah oh shall we i just talk- want to say both <laughs> which uh, we'll do the other do- one we'll do both but which one should we do let's with do f- this episode let's do food okay we're going to talk about food so if you are on our patreon and you support us there uh on your private patreon podcast feed yeah uh, you'll find a little chat about food and cooking. Should we talk about some easy things to cook and like yeah. that aren't marshmallows? I'm not going like to say campfire go-to's, campfire yeah. cooking go-to's, and why? Yeah, let's talk about that. That would be good. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what this is, um, you can go. Oh, I haven't got that little link. You can go patreon.com forward slash children of the forest, and you, can, and you can support us. And it starts at two pound a month, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, most people are on the five pound a month tier which gets you into like the extra podcasts and a discord server which is like a forum where we chat and we talk about ideas and all the other stuff uh and then there's also if you want to be really ballsy there's a uh, a 50 pound one where you can just tell us what to talk about for a whole episode if you've got a book <laughs> you can just sign up for that only do it for a month and just go this is the book i want you to review it or this is the topic and i want to hear you two waffle about it for an hour if you want to go for it go for it yeah uh We'll, we'll chat, chat about anything. Um, yeah. We have a new... Thank you to a new uh, Patreon person, um, Candice. Thank you so thank much. You, or Candice. I hope I'm saying your name right. Yeah. Um, much, much appreciated. Um, yeah. Sweet. Join See us. you in the bonus episode. See ya. Bye. You can get ad-free episodes of the Forest School podcast as well as bonus episodes and exclusive access to upcoming guests to ask them questions before anybody else finds out about it simply by visiting patreon.com forward slash children of the forest.